Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, good morning. How's everyone doing? We awake? Everybody good today? Man, great worship. I just love what God is doing. I hope you're feeling and sensing the presence of the Lord in your life. Welcome to our online crowd. We're honored to have you with us today. And man, I just want to take a minute and let's just celebrate what God did last week. God moved in an incredible way last Sunday um, from worship to baptisms. Man, we saw 15 people baptized last Sunday, six of them spontaneously, just like in the moment felt they were supposed to go and get baptized, and they did. And I talked to several people um, after service, and they're like, dude, if we'd waited two or three minutes, I was getting in the tank myself. It's just the presence of the Lord was in the room. And if I could tell you just the love of the Lord that I sensed as I was baptizing people, man, it was like the Lord was there. Just a beautiful day. I mean, I just love what the Lord is doing right here at Destiny, and we just want to just continue to stay faithful um, to see what he is doing. Don't forget, next Sunday, we kick off the Gospel of Luke, and so if you want to uh, start reading some of that, we'll be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, next week. Also, don't forget, we're kicking off our adult Bible study. Um, I want to call it Adult Sunday School, so you can call it whatever you want, um, but it'll be next Sunday morning from 8.45 to 9.30 in our volunteer room. Seating is limited. You can sign up in the lobby. There's a few spots left, or if you want to chance it, you can show up next Sunday and maybe sit on somebody's lap, but that's all right. It'll be a great time. Also, um, if you noticed on your seats when you came in, one of the things we're trying to do is get away from announcements. We just want to make time in the service for worship and the word and altars. So the first Sunday of the month, you'll receive one of these cards. It'll kind of tell you what's happening. So if you want to know what's happening at Destiny, just kind of grab one of those, pin that to your fridge. This month, you see February and March. That's everything that's happening here in the next two months. And I really do believe this is going to be a great year. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's going to be a great year. Come on, now say, you got to believe it. You got to believe it. It's going to be a good day. Hey, let's pray. Father, we just ask you in these next few moments if you would be in this room today. And, we, and you are. Man, when we walked in today, I sensed your presence. And so, Lord, we just thank you, and you are a good father, and you do have good plans for us. Lord, and I just pray today that even somebody that walked in the room, maybe not believing that, that today, just even through the worship, they were just reminded that you have good plans for them, and that you love them. And Lord, heal the brokenhearted, heal the downcast, heal the hurting today. And Lord, I pray that you just bring some encouragement even through this message today. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, last Sunday, I introduced you all to our new theme uh, for the year, and it's really two words, the words new and now, or if you like saying now first and then new, you can do it however you want to say that. And uh, if you missed last Sunday's message, I really do recommend, I don't typically say, hey, you know, go back and check that out, but I really do recommend watching last Sunday's message if you're a part of Destiny. It uh, kind of lays the foundation of where we're going as a church. You can find that on YouTube at Destiny Church um, Mo, and uh, you can find that on our website as well. Wherever you get podcasts, you can see that. But I gave you three scriptures that are our three key verses for the year. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, Psalm 126, 4, and then Isaiah 43, 18, and 19 that says, forget everything that's in the past. So it says, it's, compa- it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do, but then I love what he says here. He says, I'm already doing it. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Don't you see it? I'm making a pathway through the wilderness, and I'll create rivers and dry wasteland. And I told you there's multiple things that are going to mark destiny over the course of this year. Four of them I introduced you last week. We're going to enter into a season of repentance and holiness, and I believe that. And the Lord is going to stir our hearts. The Lord is looking for a church that is holy. The Lord is looking for a church that is chasing after him. They're also going to experience a season of renewal where the Lord is going to take our minds and begin to renew them to think and act and believe like he tells us. We're also going to experience a season of restoration where the Lord is going to restore things that have been lost from us. And we're walking into a season of revival. 
And today what I want to do is I want to share a couple more things with you that I really do believe the Lord has put on my heart for us here at Destiny. Two very specific things. I I could take days and days just to tell you the fresh vision that is in my heart from the Lord, um, but I don't think you all would sit here for days and days. So we're just going to share two of them. But before we do that, I, I just, in prayer this week, I felt like you need to hear from a couple of other staff members from our church. So I've asked three staff members to come, and I really believe um, that every ministry at Destiny, every department is important. I'm not picking favorites. I just feel the Lord said he's got his hand on these three areas of ministry for this new season here at Destiny. I believe we're going to experience a new season of kids ministry here at Destiny. I believe we're going to experience a new season of worship. We're already experiencing that. How many of you can ex- uh, experience and sense the presence of the Lord during worship? The Lord's doing something new, and... Uh, I'm just beyond thankful for what he's already doing, and we're going to experience a new season of youth ministry, and we're experiencing that, and it even ties into the scripture, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. He's already doing it, and so I wanted you to hear from them, and I've given them five minutes, and then at five minutes, you can throw stones at them um, because, because I've still got a lot to say, but they've got five minutes. Um, one of them texted me and said, I might get a little preachy today. I said, go ahead, preach, brother, preach, all right? But uh, would you guys do me a favor? You all know her. She's done doing an incredible job, has been with us for a lot of years, a faithful, faithful friend and kids pastor. Would you guys welcome to our stage, Pastor Dez? You can use that if you need to. I, I got old school. You got old book. school. Yeah, there I got you old are. school. And I want to start by saying, Tab told me to tell you next time, you need to tell me like two minutes, and then I'll be within five minutes. Two minutes. So All right, Dez, you have ready. two minutes. No. <laughs> Dez, as you know, our theme this year is new and now. And uh, we talked about it. Can you tell us what God is wanting to do new in our kids' ministry? Because I know you have new vision and new dreams. But not just, not just new. I think a lot of us, we think that God wants to do something new, but we don't make any changes. So what are you and your kids' team doing to bring about these new things in this season? I'm going to go sit over there. You got five minutes. Let's go hear Go judge it. me in the corner. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, so new, if you were here this past uh, weekend, last weekend, um, and you missed prayer, you really missed it because it was amazing. But yeah, something new in kids. I would like to say it's something new, but I think it's something that I have to first start with point one of last week and repent and in front of everybody say sorry because I, um, I know that God had laid this on my heart and called us into this um, new season a while back, a few years ago, and I didn't. I didn't because the new was hard and the new was uncomfortable, which it usually is. When Pastor Chad first brought this to us and he was like, you know, new now, what do you guys think? And I was like, I'm terrified. Anything new and I'm scared. Like you say, let's go do this and it's gonna be something new. I'm like, okay, give me all the bullet points first, then I'll go and do it. And God says, no, to step into the new now, we have to completely first surrender um, and then be bold. And that's kind of where I wanna go with this really quick. Um, You know, kids ministry has been amazing. This specific um, change uh, step into God's plan, the plan he already had. We're just deciding to finally join in with what he already has. Um, Started three years ago, and I actually didn't know you were there until this past Friday. I was running with a friend, and she was talking about camp three years ago. And um, actually, it it was part of the story that I didn't even know her side of it. And then she's like, yeah, and Chad even tried to stop me. I was like, wait, Chad was there? I don't even remember this moment. But it was the most amazing altar time we had ever had. Like, literally, kids doing some of the things that we're about to read about in the scripture and truly surrendering to God and being bold. And it completely changed another person's, an adult's life. So to kind of jump into that. New now. For kids, I'm going to sum it up. God has laid on my heart um, that we are to step into the new, which is within missions and with outreach, which our church has always been around that, but kids hasn't really um, led that. And now we're in a season of leading that. And God is about to do something amazing. If you have never experienced one of the kids from back in the back praying over you, you are truly missing out. Because the Bible says all we have to have is faith of a mustard seed. And I can tell you right now, those kids have way more than that. We struggle with even accepting that little bit and walking in that faith, but they do. And so I want to jump into Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And I'm actually reading from the NIV. And it kind of, I want to like explain a little bit. So <clears throat> Mark 16, um, this specific part of the scripture that we're going to read is actually after Jesus was crucified, died on the cross, and then rose three days later. We're jumping into that backside of the story. So it says, and he said to them, he's speaking to, does anybody know? 
disciples, thank you, the disciples, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will praise their hands they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. For some of us, we read this, we're like, oh, that's great, awesome, the disciples did that. No, God's calling us to do that now. Not, he didn't say, hey, this is what I'm gonna have my disciples do. He said, go and do this so they can show us, help build our faith and be the example for us. So let's keep moving. Remember what we talked about, I said a minute, a minute ago, bold and surrender. Those are the two words we really need to come back to every time, to be bold and to surrender. You see, Jesus didn't say, hey, when you guys get ready, then you're gonna go and do these things. He just said, he said to them, go into all the world. He didn't say, take 10 days, take 21 days, which are important and we need those, but he didn't say that. He said, go. He's been telling us to go for long enough. Now it's time to step into the new and go. Let's jump into Acts um, chapter one, and it's gonna be verse eight. Hopefully those are on there. Uh, they were. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness to tell the people about me. This is then the amplified version. Sorry guys. Both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. Let's go back. It says both in Jerusalem. We have to start here. The news starts here. So for us in kids ministry, um, Destiny Kids have been on fire for the Lord for a long time. And I had to actually step back during the 21 days of prayer and fasting and see what God truly had done in kids. It wasn't a des, des, wasn't anything I did outside of just being obedient. But I had to step back and I had actually um, a great friend that I think highly of came to me and he said, I want you to see what God's already doing. Like, look, look what he's doing through your obedience in that. And I had to step back and see that because it says it first starts here. First starts at Destiny Church. Then it goes into our city. Then it goes into our schools. But guess what, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters sitting in this room? Starts with you guys. Starts with your faith being grown just like theirs because I can bring all 50-something of just the one class in here and I can speak to them and they can be on fire for the Lord, but guess what? The moment they turn around, I can tell you exactly how they'll act because I've seen it happen. I watch your kids come in here and I, I scan the room and I see them standing next to you during this service because they want to skip out one week. I tease them for it, don't worry. And guess what? During worship, what are they doing? They're just standing there. It's very rare that you see them with their hands raised, worshiping God, going and speaking and praying over other people. Why? I'll let you sit on that one for a little bit. My kids there, guys. I'm not just saying this at you guys. I watch my kids do it too and I'm like, why? They're fearful. We've created a fear in there and it's time to take that away right now in the name of Jesus. It's time for all of us to step into the new. Being in missions, being in outreach, that's being a disciple and that's taking it from these four walls after we've created a great foundation and taking it unto the world, whether that's in their schools or their cities. And we have some great plans for that, but we have to go. The time is now. The time was a couple years ago when God said, Des, you need to do this. And I was like, ooh, that's not what kids' ministry looks like. That's, that's past, Pastor Chantage aren't gonna like that. Are they gonna love, they'll love it. But I allowed the enemy to get in my mind and dictate that. Are you gonna allow the enemy today to say, it's not my time to be bold. It's not my time to surrender. I don't know. I hope not, but we're gonna jump into the next verse. It says Mark, or it's Mark chapter 16, verse 19. <clears throat> And this is, again, continuing the same story. So this is Jesus, again, speaking to him, or after he had spoke to them. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. And this is where it's at, guys. Verse 20. These disciples watched the person they believed in and they loved and they adored be crucified. They knew the outcome if they went and spoke about him and taught about him. They knew. We don't know. We can go out right now and preach the word of God and guess what? It'll be okay. You're not gonna get crucified. They didn't know. And if it says, verse 20 says, then the disciples went out and they preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. My question for you guys today, I don't know where I'm on time. My question for you today, 
Are you ready to be bold? Are you? Yeah. Because to step into the new, you got to be bold. But before you can be bold, you got to surrender. Some of you in this room, I know have kids back in the back. And thank you for trusting me with them and our team back there. But now it's your time. So my question for you is this. Right here in front of everybody. If, you're, if you will say today, today I choose to step into the new. Today I choose to surrender and be bold and say, I'm ready, God. Send me. I want to be like the disciples. I don't want to have to prepare and get the right clothes and buy the right things. I'm ready now. If that's you today, I want you to stand up. If you're ready today to say, I'm ready, whether it's for yourself, whether it's for your family, to say, we're done playing games, we're done doing all the things we've done before, we're ready to step into the new. I'm ready to be bold. And bold is not easy, guys. To be bold for God is hard. So I'm not gonna set you up to fail. Like It's gonna be hard. But when you surrender it to God, when you surrender your control, when you surrender what the outcome looks like, man, will God do something new. I wish, if you guys will with me, just reach your hands out and we are gonna actually reach that direction. And you guys being bold and you guys praying over those kids that are back there right now, God, give them the boldness. Help them to surrender. But even the boldness with us, how can we help them in that walk? And what's our part? Dear Lord, I pray right now, Lord, over every single kid back there, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to do what you wanna do. I pray, Lord, that you continue to bring us onto the path you've already created, the one you've already got out. And I pray right now, Lord, for boldness in the kids, Lord, that as they're in school, whether they're in a restaurant, and even in their very own home, help them to be bold in your word, Lord, in their walk with you. Give them courage, Lord. Give them strength. And I just thank you for that right now, Lord. Dear Lord, I pray right now over every single family, every single person that stood up today, Lord, and they said, I'm ready to be bold. Send me. I pray, Lord, that you would show them where you're already working. Not what you're going to do, but just like Pastor Chad said, what you're already doing. Show each one of us our part in that. Help us to be bold. Help us to surrender the control, to surrender the fear at your feet, and help us to step in what you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. Good job, good job. Thank you, guys. Hey, second one this morning is Pastor Brandon. Come on up, Pastor Brandon. I want to hear from you um, on worship. The same, same question with Des. It's a new season. God's doing new things. He's doing them now. What's God telling you about worship, telling you and Ashley about worship? But then what are you guys doing uh, to make this come to pass? So just share with us your heart for the next five minutes. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, a little bit different speaking instead of singing. Um, so here we go. Um, no, not going to sing this one. No, no, for sure. I appreciate the encouragement. But um, when, when Pastor Chad actually asked about um, sharing a little bit about worship and the, the new thing that God wants to do through our worship, um, I immediately started making excuses, right? Just the new guy on the block, just not, maybe the timing is not right or, you know, just really don't have clear direction and um, really felt like as I was preparing for this, the Lord just kind of started gently reminding um, me, and I think it's important for all of us, of just what worship is actually about. The foundation of what worship is really about. And um, my prayer is that as we kind of are reminded of that this morning is that not only will it sink into our own hearts because um, you guys may feel a little beat up this morning. Um, Des challenged you guys. I'm going to challenge you too in your personal worship. But even for us as a church, um, for the church of Christ, the church, right? Uh, of worship. That's really what it is about and what we want to focus on. And so um, it starts with a little bit of of bad news. You guys okay with that? A little bit of bad news? Have you ever been asked the question like, um, I've got some news to share with you. Uh, Do you want the good news or the bad news first? How how many bad news people do we have in the room? Whoa, that's scary. So a lot of you guys are going to be nervous with what I'm about to share if you're good news. But I promise you, I have some good news stuff coming up for you. But this is, this is the bad news, all right? And the reality is we have a crisis that is happening in the church, and it's actually around our worship. Um, and it's a term that I, I don't think that I've made it up. I think someone probably have said it before, but um, it's this. It's called spectator syndrome. And it's when we show up to church and 
I don't know about you, but we're always like down to the minute and we rush into church. We, we throw our kids back into the kids' ministry, half-dressed, half-fed, and we grab our coffee and we come into service and we watch some good music on stage and listen to a good message and we grab our kids and we go home. And that's the extent of our worship experience here when we, uh, when we attend church. And it's called a spectator syndrome. It's us not engaging with what the Lord desires. The Lord desires our praise, our adoration, our worship. That's what, it's, that's what we were made to do is to praise the Lord. And if you look in the Bible, it's, it's full. If you look at original language, it's full of, of what praise actually means. I just want to read a few of those this morning. The original language, it's a living sacrifice, that we would be a living sacrifice before the Lord. It's lifting of hands. It's bowing it's shouting. I love the story of the walls of Jericho, right? As they rallied around this, this city and nothing happened. And on the last day, what the worship team, the worship, the worshipers, the ones that were praising stood up and they said, no, we're going to make a loud sound. And what happened? The walls came crumbling on the enemy, right? That's what our praise does. You see, none of that stuff, bowing down, shouting, worshiping, it's all biblical. And it looks very different from spectating. And this one's going to sting a little bit, all right? We come to church, we go home, we turn on the TV to our favorite football game, and we scream our heads off, and we cheer for our team, we, we call our friends, and we text them. I do that with Pastor Chad all the time with, with Chiefs games, right? And we're so excited, and yet we don't have that excitement when we step in this building. Maybe it's because we're not preparing our hearts before we get here, and maybe it's because we're too concerned about what other people think around us. God desires our praise. So that's the bad news. Here's the good news. The good news is that this spectator syndrome, right? And I'm guilty of it too. I've, I've walked in services. I've had seasons of life where I've done it too. But it can be broken when we simply remember this. It's this simple of what Jesus did for us on the cross. If we really grasp what Jesus did on the cross, if we understand the level of sacrifice that he made for our lives and he secured our eternity, God, we, were, we were deserving of hell and separation from God. He gave us eternal life. We just got to remember the cross. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. What does that mean? It means he, he dwells here. He rests with the praises of his people. Praise is where his presence is. That's where it's at. Praise is where his presence is. When we praise Jesus here on earth, guess what? It affects what happens in heaven. That's how powerful your praise is. Not together as a church, your individual praise shifts things. When we lift our hands to pray, guess what? We declare war on what the enemy is trying to do in and around us. When we lift our voice to shout, just like those guys going around Jericho, we make Jesus bigger than whatever we're facing in our life, right? Well, all we have to do is just plant our feet and lift our praise. That's all that's required. We just plant our feet and lift our praise. Silence is not an option. All right? Silence is not. Watching is not enough. Being a spectator is not what you were designed to be. You were designed to be a worshiper. You were designed to be someone who is praising the Lord all the time, not just on Sundays. This, this is 24-7, 365. All right? So, yes, this is important. We gather. God moves in this place, but this goes well beyond that as you become a person of praise because he is worthy of it. Amen? All right. So, what does that look like for us as a church? We're going to be a church marked by praise. There's two things that keep coming up, uh, two words that, and it's interesting, Des had two words. I got two words for you this morning, too. It's that our worship will be heartfelt, and it starts with our own heart, right? Removing distractions. Our worship team, we're not going to strive to put on a performance for you. It's not our heart. Do we want to have good music? Absolutely. Is it going to be perfect? No. And you know what? That's great because it gives space for the Lord to move. We want our praise, and this should be your, your heart too, just to be an overflow of what the Lord is already doing in your life. That's where true praise comes from. Second word, so heartfelt. Second word is spirit-led. We want it to be spirit-led. We want to plan things well as a, as a worship team. And guys, you have an incredible team here. I don't know if you know that. 
so gifted. And we've, man, the Lord has been bringing new and, and even old faces back to us that are coming back and saying, hey, we want to be a part of what God is doing through worship here. But we want to follow the, the spirit wherever he leads. We talk about a roadmap. We have a roadmap of worship, but we're going to be willing to let the spirit detour us. We're going to let the, the, be willing for there to be a, a new direction that we need. Maybe a new destination the Lord has for us, the Spirit has for us. We're going to be obedient to that. So um, this morning, if you would do this, you don't have to stand or anything, but um, if you could just stand in agreement with me by raising your hand, we're going to take some action, right? Praise is all about action. It's not about standing, so we're going to do it and practice it now. If you could just raise your hands and just let these words speak over your life and your family And it's this, Destiny Church will be a house marked by praise. We will be a house marked by praise. We will not be spectators of praise. We will be participants in praise. We will be a church marked by a culture of praise because you are worthy. We will not be people that walk into a service, watch others play music, and then just simply watch a performance. No, we will be people that are passionate about praise no matter what it looks like, no matter what is happening around us because we serve a God who is worthy of our praise. We will be a church marked with heartfelt worship to our creator who is worthy, and we will be a church led by the Spirit when we worship willing to go places that only he can take us. Amen? Amen. Starts with you, though. Starts with your heart. Amen. I'm ready for you guys just to come back up and let's start playing again. Let's just go and start practicing, right? Good job. Hey, our third one today is Makai. Come on up, bud. This is our son, uh, Makai. Before he starts today, I just, I want to, we've waited to announce this. We brought him on this past spring as our, as just one of our interns. And then, um, as, as you know, if you've been here, multiple members of our staff decided it was their time to move on. And uh, our son is younger, and um, my wife and I understand ministry, and we're like, man, we don't want him to be our youth pastor yet. We don't want him to get that title or any of that, so he was just like a youth lead. And uh, actually, as Jason came to us a couple months ago, and he goes, why won't you give him the title? He's, he's doing the job. He's the youth pastor. So today we want to officially announce this is the youth pastor at Destiny Church. All right. Same question for you. God's doing some great things on our students. Just talk to them about the new things. You've got five minutes because I know you have my gift and you can go way too long. So five minutes. What are the new things that God is wanting to do in our students and what are you guys doing to make that happen? First off, thank you guys so much. Um, I'm glad to be officially part of the team. Um, But of course, so a lot of you guys know we've already implemented um, a lot of new things ourselves in um, DY. Um, We've bought new games already. Um, We've opened the doors earlier so students can get there a little bit earlier. We've started actually training students um, to upbring them. We've uh, started discipling them. We're having students even get up on the stage to run games, do ministry moments, um, and we've even helped start a discipleship program to help further uh, further these students. Um, But what is God really doing new? So what I believe God is doing new in Destiny Youth is going to outweigh or outthink anything that we can possibly imagine. Yeah. Right now, in the world, we can see on social media, we can see on the news that our young people, our teenagers, our students are questioning what's real. They're questioning what to put their faith in. They're questioning what to put their identity in. And they're lost. It's as simple as that. They're lost. But... You can tell that they desire something real, and it's in this city too. You can see it. Every single student, every single young person is searching for something real. And I believe that is what God is doing new for Destiny Youth, is he is going to provide a place in which students find something real. I believe that God's spirit will reside and linger in this place, and that when these students go uh, step into this place, they will experience him. And no longer question their identity or worry or doubt or fear what's real. I think Destiny Youth is going to offer something real. 
I'm not saying we're going to be the best church youth group ever. I'm not saying we're going to have the best games. I'm not saying we're going to have the best worship or the best production or the best message. But what I am saying is that I am believing that in every single service, God will be present. And I'm believing that God is going to be in this room every single Wednesday night. And I'm believing that every single night, chains will fall, break holds will fall, chains will break, and mountains will move in these students' lives. And I'm believing that for Destiny Youth. And I'm not saying that God isn't present in our services right now, because he is. But what I am saying is I don't think we've fully given him reins of our youth group. I don't think we've ever fully given him control to do all of the things that he can do. But God is wanting to do a new thing. And we, as Destiny Youth, are giving up control to see this happen because of this. I'm believing that God is going to do something so special in this youth group on Wednesday nights that students around this city are going to win and experience it. Not the fancy lights, not the production, not the message, but they just want to experience God, a real God. This is what I imagine. This is what I vision, envision. I see this entire church filled with students on Wednesday nights. This entire church filled with students, so much so that there are students sitting on the ground because they desire God. Destiny Church, I'm believing that God is about to show up and show off. And I believe with all my heart that God is coming for the students, not only in this city, but for this, not only in this church, but for this entire city. And I'm believing that it's starting here. But what are we doing to see this happen? He asked, what are we doing to see this come to pass? So right now, what we are doing as a team, first off, we're excited. Okay, we know God's about to do something big. We're excited, we're prepared. But what we're doing right now to, to see this happen is we are doing everything we possibly can to see God do this. And I'll share three quick things with you today. I don't have a lot of time. But the main thing we're doing is we're praying and we're gonna give up control. That's what we're doing. Matthew 21, 22 says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. There is power in our prayer. And we know that if we are in constant communion and communication with God, then we will see God do these new things in our youth group. Every single week, we pray over these seats. Every single week, we pray over this building before the students show up. And we pray for each and every individual student. And we pray that God shows up and shows off. These next things we're doing is we're building up a team to love and care for these students. Not only do we want these students to feel like they're at home, of course we want that, but we also want these students to feel Jesus' love every single time they encounter our team. We want them to feel God's presence around us, and that requires a lot of work. Okay, it's not always easy to love some of the 16-year-old students in here that act like crazy lunatics, okay? Like if you have teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. They can be crazy at times, and it takes a lot of work for the team to, to work on patience. But it requires us to, on our own time to work on patience. But also for us, we have to build the relationships with the Father, with God, so that his qualities can reside and shine through us. And I believe that's why God is going to use this youth group to offer something real. Because the team is so intentional with the students, and they show a love that only God can show. And lastly, what we're doing to see this uh, come to pass is we are not staying within the Wednesday night only border. Okay, I personally do not want this to be like every other youth group where it's just a Wednesday night production. I want to see these students encounter God, and that requires more than one night a week. So, as you guys know, one thing we've done is we've started DY Discipleship. We have done that. That's on Tuesday nights where the students can come and go further. But what we're about to do, I haven't even presented all of this to the entire team. Some of the team knows it. But what we are doing is we are coming up with a whole lot more than that. For the DY students that are sitting right here, what we're about to do is we are about to have DY hangouts almost every single month so that every single student, not only in our church, but in the entire community, can come to hang out. There will be no service or anything, but it's just a safe place where these students can come and hang out and have a chance to relax and have fun. Another thing we're doing is we're planning on having student-led worship nights where students only are coming and we are just impacted by the presence of God and where we're believing that God is going to do wonders in the room for these students. Next thing we're doing is we're even planning on doing revival nights in the city for students from the entire city. And I could go on and on and on about all the things that we are going to prepare and do for the big thing that God is bringing to DY. But I'm out of time. 
So I leave you with this. God is coming after the students of Republic. Mm-hmm. In Destiny Youth, we are, at Destiny Youth, we are not waiting. We are charging full force, and we are opening up the doors to all that God has to offer because we want a place that God offers something real. Thank you, guys. That's good. Good job. Good job. Hopefully that inspired you. It inspired me. I'm ready to worship. I'm ready to go to kids, and I'm ready to go to youth, all right? So that's all of us, right? Let's do it. Hey, let me, let me start to wrap this up today. I told you there's two other things, and I want to take just a moment and you're maybe wondering what those cards are in your seat. I'm going to show you those in just a moment. But last week I gave you four things that are going to mark us. This week, two more that are a little more, a little more things we can do. Number one, I believe that the Lord is going to mark us as we pray and intercede. I believe we're entering into a new season of prayer and intercession as a church. Isaiah 56, 7 says, I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and make them full of joy within my house of prayer. Destiny Church, from all of our staff to our youth team, to our kids team, to our worship team, and everybody else listening to me, we are going to be a house of prayer. If we are not a church that prays, we are not a church that's going to please the Father. This foundation has to be built on prayer. But not only the foundation of our church, the foundation of your home. God wants you to be people of prayer, and we're going to do that. Prayer can't just be something we do 21 days at the beginning of the year, and then we just live our lives. No, we must pray every single day. And I'm not talking about now he lay me down to sleep, bless my meal prayers. I'm talking about sitting at the feet of your father every day. And you say, well, Pastor Chad, I work a regular job. I don't have time. Every one of us have time to spend time with Jesus. And God is calling us to be a people of prayer and intercession. And so Destiny Church this year, like I said, I'm not going to take any more time to talk about this. We just taught about prayer a couple weeks ago as we closed out the book of James. But you're going to hear us and you're going to see us. We are going to pray more this year. One of the things we are doing is we are making the last Sunday night of the month a night of prayer here at Destiny Church. I know everybody's schedules are busy, and we looked at different things, Tosh and I did, but we want to make the last Sunday night of every month a night of prayer where you can come. In the past, we've done heaven come, we've worshiped. We're going to make it just a night of prayer where you can come and you can go, but we want you to bring your family. So this month, February 25th, each month will look a little different. Sometimes we might worship. Sometimes we might take communion. Sometimes it might be all of us praying together. Sometimes we might be around the room praying, but we are going to teach our church and our kids how to pray. So February 25th, 6 p.m., join us. Mark it on your calendar. I guarantee you if I said February 25th, we're going to have free food, a bunch of you would show up. But for some reason, we say we're going to have prayer and not very many people show up. Listen to me. It's going to, it's, I'm going to prove why and the next thing I'm going to share with you. But Destiny Church, let's be a people of prayer. Not just when we need something, but let's be a people of prayer all the time, all right? Second thing, and then we're going to wrap up. I believe we are entering into a new season of discipleship. And I've told you guys this, if you've been here for any time in the last two years at all, you know this is very heavy on my heart, but we are going to be a church that's going to lead the way in discipleship. The Lord has told me that. The Lord has asked that of us. And I believe that discipleship starts in the family. Discipleship has to start in the family. If you, look at, if you go back to first century Judaism in the church And in the family, discipleship started in the family. Mom and dad discipled kids. They didn't take them to the temple and say, hey, disciple my kids for me. No, mom and dad from an early age, you know what they would do? They would teach them entire books of the Bible. And many of them by the age of five had upwards of five books of the Bible memorized. It started in the family. And it carried on not just, it didn't just get to high school and then it stops. It carried on through life. And that is discipleship. Discipleship is a lifelong process. It's not just going to church. It's beyond that. It's beyond just walking in and sitting in the room. Discipleship is a lifelong process that starts in the family. One of the things that I see marking this season of discipleship, but I want you to write this down, and I see strong biblical families leading the way. It has to start in the home. And I don't, like I said, I don't want to take a lot of time to teach just on families today, but mom and dad, you need to build an altar in your house for your family to get closer to God. 
What do I mean by that? Do you need to get some wood and build an altar? Where everybody... No, I'm not talking about a physical location. I'm talking about a culture. I'm talking about an atmosphere where your family prays, your family worships, your family studies the word. Should you do it all together every night? That's not what I'm saying, but if you want to, great. But I believe you should create the culture. And the Bible tells us if we train a child in the way they should go, they will not depart from it. So mom and dad, if you put the word of God in them, if you teach your kids how to pray, if you teach your kids how to worship, they will Follow that pattern. May they deviate and get away from that? Yes, we see that in life. But if we build the foundation in our kids, they will come back. So mom and dad, I'm challenging us this year. Don't say, well, my church doesn't disciple me. Listen to me. We're going to come alongside you. But as a parent, it is your job to disciple your kids. It's your job. And so we're going to do everything we can to encourage you and to resource you in this, but we are going to create the culture of discipleship and destiny church, and it has to start in our homes. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts, get them inside of you, and get them inside of your children. Get them in you, and get them inside your children. So number one, discipleship starts in the home, but number two, Discipleship has to be a foundation. Just as prayer is a foundation of the church, discipleship has to be a foundation of this church. I repent to you and I apologize to you that Destiny Church has not made discipleship the foundation of this church. We've made Sunday morning experiences more the foundation rather than discipleship. And we've been wrong at that. But I think we need to understand a little bit what this term discipleship means. And I, and I promise you I'm almost done because I want to spend time in altars today. But if we look back to first century Judaism and we look back to what discipleship means then, to be a disciple of someone or another term we could use is apprentice, it, it means three things. Number one, it means to be with your rabbi, to become like your rabbi, and to do as your rabbi did. That's what becoming a disciple meant in biblical times. But guess what? That's what it means for us today. To be a disciple today means I be with Jesus. It means I become like Jesus. It means I do what Jesus does or I do what Jesus does. That's a disciple. A disciple spends time with Jesus. They get, get alone with Jesus. A disciple becomes like Jesus. A disciple does what Jesus does. Does this is discipleship to be a disciple of Jesus, to follow him, to be an apprentice of Jesus? Please hear me. Does not mean I come to church when I feel like it. To be a disciple of Jesus really isn't even about what I do on Sunday morning. Yes, it is a part of that journey, but to become a disciple of Jesus is a whole life process. It is a lifelong journey. We never stop from childhood to adulthood. We chase after Jesus. But this is a far cry from what we've been teaching in the Western church. I want you to hang with me. And I, and I believe this. Listen to me. This stepped on my toes as the Lord gave it to me. And I believe this is to challenge us today. But instead of teaching people in the church, and this is why I repented to you very first thing when I said anything about discipleship, I think we have failed to teach people in the church to be disciples, and we've tried to teach people to be Christians. Well, Pastor Chad, isn't that what I'm supposed to be? Let me explain. Did you know that in the entire Bible, the word Christian is only used three times? Three times the word Christian is used but the word disciple or a form of the word disciple, follower, apprentice, is used 269 times. So let's put that in perspective. Let's look at this. Make this clear. Christian three times, disciple 269 times. The word Christian means little Christ. That's what it means. It's not a bad word. But did you know the term Christian was used to make fun of Christ followers? It wasn't, the disciples didn't say we're little Christ. It was people mocking them and saying they're nothing but little Christ. 
I don't know exactly when, but sometime within that first century, it became the term that defined us as followers of Jesus, and we became Christians. And please hear me, I'm not attacking this word. This word is okay. I'm not trying to start a revolution and say none of us are Christians. I love that. I am a Christian. I am a Christ follower. I want to be as much like Christ as I can be. But the problem is, to too many of us in the Western world today, to too many people in the world today, this word Christian, I want you to hear me, it has almost become synonymous with someone who mentally describes to the bare bones of Christianity. Many people, when they hear the word Christian, it's like Gandhi who said, I love your Christ, I hate your Christians. When they hear the word Christian, they don't think of Christ follower. They think of a label of someone who does the bare minimum and this maybe every once in a while it goes to church. But did you know Jesus never one time used the word Christian? Never. Jesus didn't walk up to the disciples and say, hey, come be a Christian. He said, be my disciple. You know what a, you know what a disciple is? A disciple is someone who follows Jesus. But did you know the requirements of being a disciple according to the word of God? They deny their self. They lay down their life. They lay down their cross and they choose to passionately chase after Jesus. It's not just on Sunday. It is a lordship thing. A disciple is someone who says, Jesus, you are Lord of my life every single day that I live and I want to be with you. I want to become like you and I want to do what you did. That's what Jesus never one time said. Hey, if you want to be a Christian, just raise your hand and follow me and do the bare bones. We did that. I wrestle with this and I, like we've made it so much. It's like, so we can get on social media and say 27 people raised their hand. But how many of them became disciples? Guess what? I raised my hand. That doesn't change anything. Jesus didn't ask us to raise our hand. Jesus asked us to follow him. Jesus asked us to make him Lord of our lives. And at Destiny Church in 2024 and beyond, we will not be marked as those who do the bare bones to be called a Christian so we can one day get to heaven. We are going to be those who do whatever it takes to be a disciple of Jesus. That is the standard. You ask, what does Destiny Church ask of me? I ask you to give your whole life to Jesus. I ask you, yes, the word Des gave, surrender. I ask you to surrender boldly. I ask you to give him your heart. I ask him to chase after a God that is real. Disciples. We want to be different. Let me wrap it up with this. Pew Research recently did a study. And they found that 63% of Americans, I want you to hear this, 63% of Americans self-identify as Christians. That's not a bad number. 63% of America self-identifies as Christians. Barna did some follow-up on that. Barna found that 4% of that 63 actually do what the Bible says to be a disciple. percent. And we wonder, Dolph, why are we not pushing back the gates of hell and advancing the kingdom of God? It's because 4% of us are doing what the Lord is asking of us. Could these numbers be skewed a little bit? Possibly so. These aren't my numbers. Maybe it's 10%. But listen to me, Destiny Church, subconsciously or consciously, what my office have done, what churches across America have done, we've said you can be a Christian without being a disciple. 
You can be a Christian without making Jesus Lord. All you have to do is raise your hand, say a little prayer, call yourself a Christian, do some Christian-y things every once in a while, take a 20 out of your pocket, walk in the church stores every once in a while, shake somebody's hand, don't flip somebody off when they drive beside you because they cut you off on the road, don't yell at your kids, don't kick the dog, do some Christian things every once in a while, and you're okay as long as you get to heaven. You see what we've taught in the church today is the most important thing in the world is a good Sunday morning experience that guarantees I go to heaven so I don't go to hell. But listen to me, that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught if any man wants to follow me, he must deny himself. He must take up his cross and he must follow me every single day of my life. And Destiny Church, as we move forward, we are not going to be marked as Christians. We are going to be marked as disciples of Jesus. This is going to mark us. You see, the goal, yes, I want to go to heaven, but the goal is not to get to heaven. The goal for us on this planet, Jesus didn't say, and Des read those verses, Matthew, Mark 16 and Acts 1, and, and we see that throughout Scripture. Jesus didn't say something like, hey, if you want to follow me, here's the thing, and you get to heaven. No, he said, if any man wants to follow me, he must be a disciple. Matthew 28 18 through 20, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Jesus is asking us to be disciples. Let me close with this. Dallas Willard said, the greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who are identified as Christians will in fact become disciples. Did you hear that? The greatest need facing the world today is not climate change. The greatest need facing the world today is not socialism versus capitalism. The greatest need today is not racism. The greatest need is not justice versus injustice. The greatest need is not going to be who's our next president or who's our Supreme Court. That's none of that matters. The greatest need facing the world today is whether Christians will convert to disciples. And today, that's my call to us. At Destiny Church, we will be marked as disciples, and we will be a church that disciples people, and we will be known for discipleship. So as the worship team comes back, I want to pray over you today. And we're going to believe. So in 24, we're going to be marked by repentance. We're going to be marked by renewal. We're going to be marked by restoration. We're going to be marked by revival. We're going to be marked by a dynamic kids ministry. We're going to be marked by bold kids, kids that are surrendered. We're going to be marked by heartfelt worship and spirit-led worship. We're going to be marked by students that are chasing after a real God. We're going to be marked by students that are chasing after God. And we're going to be marked by prayer and intercession. And we're going to be marked by discipleship. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like scripture. That sounds like maybe who we should have been all along. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.